welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. All right, today's featured guest is probably going to cure your insomnia and make you want to be a huge supporter of birth control. That featured guest is me. That's right. After 180 shows, I'm the featured guest. And I have to tell you, I'm like super nervous because you guys are awesome. And we've had so many incredible experts on the show. But I decided that, you know, I appear on a lot of radio shows and I've talked a lot about this show. I'm like, might as well be on the Adam Limits of Inner Truth. All right. So I'm going to talk to you for about five or ten minutes. Then I'm going to be interviewed by Mr. Jeffrey Gurian and Ms. Lisa Kaza. And then I'm going to get the soul analysis. So you'll find out how many people I killed and how evil I was in all my previous life incarnations. But I hope this experience is uh, beneficial and we learn a lot from it. The focus I'm going to talk about today is questioning, why it's important to question. And before we go into that, let me just say this, that in the course of this show, I stand beside you. And I stand behind you, but I will never stand above you. I am not holier than thou. I am not anyone's guru, and I do not think at any point in time that I have some accumulated wisdom or that I am no more have greater insight than you do at all. You need to know that. It's so important that you know that. Um, the greatest love that I've ever experienced in my entire life is the love that I've had for my family. And that is probably the, the, the thing that I know truest. I think everything else is subject to question in this reality, but the love of my family is what really drives me. It's the, the core component of who I am. And in the course of your life, I don't know where you are, but I feel that questioning is so important. Questioning challenges power, and it reveals truth. And if you're take, – take, it's scary sometimes, but if you question your own beliefs, you may be surprised and discover what beliefs are working for you and what beliefs are working against you. I think it's always important to be aware of who your masters are. And you can tell the people that have negative intentions towards you when they react very harshly or they kind of make you feel like an idiot for asking certain questions. So I think be very aware of that. And again, it is a leap outside your comfort zones. But if you challenge yourself and you challenge beliefs, you could grow. You could explore all different things. When you find a truth within or discover uh, something, a belief pattern that's no longer, no longer working for you, chaos tends to ensue and it can be tumultuous. You may have to start all over again. It could be crazy. And that's what happened with me and I'll explain that in a minute. But first, I implore you, please, this is a tendency that I think we have as a culture to, to try to save one another that, you know, we got to save that person and save this person. I think just focus on saving yourself. If you save yourself and you're strong, you are doing more for others than you can possibly imagine because when their boat is sinking and they see you being stable, I think they'll naturally gravitate towards you and you'll serve as a shining example. And as part of that saving yourself, strong, I believe processing your shadow is a crucial part. We've talked a lot about processing your shadow on this show. We've done it on a metaphysical. We've done it on a psychological part. And long story short, Processing your shadow means looking within yourself, finding all things positive and negative and bringing peace to them, accepting all aspects of who you are, transcending them, bringing peace and healing. Sometimes there's a stigma associated with uh, psychology or, you know, oh, what do I need to see a psychologist for? I'm, I think it's a great idea to explore your consciousness. It's a great idea 
to work things out. If you've got pent-up guilt, pent-up repression, pent-up anger, and you're able to bring peace to it, it's incredible how much different your life can be. Here's my quick story. At one point in time, when I was younger, I was a very devout Catholic. I grew up and was raised Catholic. And I, I was having a tough time at school. I was being bullied, and it was just very tough at the time. And I really kind of gravitated towards organized religion because I felt that it was something that was greater than me, and I didn't, I didn't have a lot of self-esteem, so I kind of fell into it. And I got power out of it, believe me. When I was part of the organized religion, I felt there was a piece of me that I didn't have to worry about. And in the course of that, I kind of gave more and more to it. But there was a point in time when those beliefs no longer served me and my curiosity was far surpassing all the rigidity of organized religion. And when it happened, it was just explosive. It was just you know, brutal. I, I couldn't believe that I committed so much time and effort. A lot of the problems I have with organized religion now I'm thinking about it is the fact that they have this person who's uh, called the Pope. Apparently he know, he's, he's closest to God. He's infallible. And there's this stuff called sin and you would need to have all this guilt going on. And I just – I didn't believe it. And I also question God, and I still do today. I know a lot of people say, oh, well, we accept the fact that we are powerless over a situation. Or we accept the fact that there is a higher power. See, I don't believe that for one second. I believe that I am part of the higher power, and you are part of the higher power. You and I are points of attraction of consciousness, because all things are consciousness. So I think theoretically speaking, we are God. But the way they present God this idea that, oh, everything, something bad happens. God has a plan. This, this being called God that they perceive and the Trinitarian religion always has a plan. Uh, I think it sucks. God's plan sucks. And I think that for the most part, that God is a jerk. I don't want to know that God. And I don't care. I'm not afraid. Uh, you afraid of God? I'm not afraid. No, I'm not afraid at all. I think the God that's depicted in the organized religions is probably the devil because it acts like a very vengeful, evil being. You know, wipes out an entire civilization, Sodom and Gomorrah, because he didn't appreciate the way they were expressing um, you know, their sexuality or a, a quote-unquote sin. I think it's just sadistic. You know, this, this quote-unquote God allows people to be killed through war and allows animals to be tortured and killed. I, I, I think it's disgusting. It's horrifying. And I'm not really impressed with this quote-unquote God. I, you know, another thing about this quote-unquote God of the religions is that it got pissed off at Adam and Eve for going to seek the, the what the tree of wisdom? It was Adam and Eve were seeking wisdom, and God got pissed off and said, "Well, look, for the rest of your time on Earth, all humanity is cursed because you were seeking wisdom." That's that's a little bizarre, don't you think? That this being, this quote unquote all living God, would punish people for seeking wisdom. And another thing, I have to say, this is one of the biggest grievances I have. I'm saying this to you because I want to know what you did and I did my thought process. God apparently in Catholicism says, oh, he loved the world so much that he sacrificed his only son. So God has one son because everyone else is irrelevant. God has one human son and he allows him to be sacrificed in order for, for people to be saved. Let me tell you something. If anyone ever laid a freaking finger on a person of my family member or my son, I would destroy every single goddamn person on this earth before that ever happened. I would never sacrifice anyone or anything close to me for the sake of the world. The world can kiss my ass. I think that that depiction of God, sociopath, sociopath evil, and I'm not going to worship it. And I don't care how many people around the world want to sit there and 
go to church and you kneel before God. I'm not kneeling. I'm not going to kneel. And if I went up in a sea of inferno and fire and it turns out that I'm wrong, I'm going to do that because I, I, I'm going to feel good about that. I'm going to feel that this is the way I live my life. I look, think that humanity, the way we are right now, is that we all have the opportunity to be what God isn't doing. We can all go up to another person and be the miracle that God refuses to be or won't be or you know, be the absentee being that apparently is. We could all walk up to someone, hug them, tell them we love them, share a kind word, share a kind thought, be somebody that comes there to help them out. We all have the opportunity to, to do wonderful things, and I think that we can. And for the people particularly listening to this show, obviously you are on a different frequency than most of the world. Not to say that you're better, but you're operating differently. You see the world differently. You're willing to look at things differently, and I think it's fantastic because most people are in this rigid structure. They're all part of this, this, these systems, and they're locked in, but you apparently see the world differently. If you become strong – and you have more love within, and I believe if you become stronger, the change that can happen in the world can accelerate even faster under your guidance, under your actions. The stronger you are, the stronger we all become. And I say this, I implore you, please keep up the great work. Keep on putting that love within your heart because I think you're doing a great job and I think you're helping the whole damn world. And it needs you. It needs you right now. In addition to God as depicted in organized religion, this is another depiction of God which is source. And I found the interview with Nancy Dannison. I just loved it so much because she describes that we are all one collective conscious being, that we are all consciousness, and this one collective being called source broke itself up into all these different particles of consciousness and went through the physical realities. And we have all these different possibilities, but ultimately, we are all one collective being of source. And why it happens, according to Nancy Dannison, is that source is curious. It's a curious being. Well, if you have part of your brain, 40 or 60% of your brain that's thinking psychotic thoughts, chances are you're sick overall. So I do question whether or not this divine being known as source is sick in the head. It's having some problems. I mean, why would its curiosity extend to pain and suffering and torture and all these horrible things that we see in this world? Why does it have to happen? Well, I believe that again – if we take control, if we bring love and peace into our hearts and we pull source in the direction that we want it to go into, we don't have to have this stuff. I don't believe that it has to happen. I don't believe that this pain and suffering needs to happen for the sake of evolution because apparently if we are all source and we're all at the highest level of evolution possible, there's no reason to go through these experiences other than curiosity. That's another thing we have to think about too, this idea that becoming to be a father or mother or have the life we're living as an experience – there should be a, an exit door, an easily accessible exit door, or one that could come, we can find out and get out the door with a little bit, not too much effort. I think that this idea that, oh, they say, well, life is an illusion. Well, it's a pretty damn real illusion. I mean, when you get hurt and you lose someone, you lose it, and it's, it's painful. It's real. It's, I don't understand what this idea that it's an illusion. No, it's fucking real. It's real. And we don't have a way to, to get out of this. We, I mean, we don't have. I, I'm looking for that door. I'm looking to say we should have a door to get out of this. Because if the illusion gets too real and it gets too tough and too intense, we should have a way out of here and say, "Look, we had the experience. Let's move on. Let's let's go to another experience." Jeez, God knows what you're thinking about right now. I wonder if you were if you're sipping vodka, going, "Oh my God, the host of this show is nuts." I think I am a little bit.
I think I am. I think I've been out there for a long time, and uh, that's just who I am. I've had some emails, people that come in and say, well, look, you know, where do you stand politically? Are you a political person? Because apparently you listen to a show, you want to have an idea of who the host is. And uh, let me say that I am not political in any which way, shape, or form. I mean I love Ron Paul. I'm so thankful we had him on the show because he's all for peace and love and freedom. I think it's fantastic. But as far as the elections go and all this stuff, I, I really could not care less. I, I could not care less. I don't get involved in this stuff because I think it's pointless. I feel like anything that is the deterrent of freedom, it's either you are expanding freedom or you are retracting freedom. And I don't think there are any two boundaries that are stronger, more definable than that. And this idea that people get wrapped up in politics, okay, that's your choice, that's your choice. But is it really helping you? Is it empowering you? And I don't think it does. I think that the whole political system, even the entertainment system, and all these things that people get caught up in, I think they pacify people. They pacify them. They keep them in that constant state of the fear of now. And when they're in that fear of now, they never fully realize their true potential because they're locked into that. They don't develop the critical thinking process. Before we begin uh, the interview with Jeffrey, I want to let to let you know that one of the things I've really talked a lot about in the show and I really worry about is that economic collapse. We've talked, talked about, that's actually part of the reason why the show got started. I really do believe there's going to be a, a collapse where we're going to go to a store, you're going to give them a dollar bill, and they're like, what is this? You, I'm not accepting ink on paper for goods and services. This thing, this collapse, is called uh, going to be part of the called hyperinflation. All fiat currencies have collapsed throughout history. I think we've had 115 different currencies that are uh, paperback that have collapsed. You should be aware about it. I do believe it is going to happen, and that's when we need to be the strongest. And a couple of things you can do to prepare for this is you just become mentally aware of it. Become as strong as you can. If you can have, if you have anything you can put into gold and silver or just some food just to prepare for it in case it does happen, I think you're going to be in a much better position. But I, I think that um, please do whatever you can to prepare yourself for that. Also, please, uh, if you can, develop and further your critical thinking skills. There's this idea that you know, when we're talking about spiritual matters, metaphysics, that you don't have to – it's all meditation. I think it's that plus critical thinking. Learn. Read books. Do whatever you can to improve your perception, to improve your thought process. I always feel that if you can communicate and write even better – You'll be able to express ideas not only to other people but to yourself. And at the end of the time, at the end of the day, I think it only matters what you can prove to yourself. And uh, one last thing before we begin with Jeffrey, I just want to tell you that uh, it is an honor, an honor of a lifetime to be doing this show for you, to stand beside you, to stand behind you, and to walk with you on this journey. And from the deepest recesses of my heart, I, uh, I love you very much. I do. I love you so much, and I really do hope – that no matter what path you're on, it is in the path of peace, and we walk collectively together in the path of, path of peace together. All right, let's begin the interview with Mr. Jeffrey Green. It is a great honor to welcome back to the program Mr. Jeffrey Gurian, best-selling author, energy healer, comedian, comedy writer. He's done so many things, and this uh, gentleman will actually be interviewing me on the Adelaide Seven Truth Radio Show. The first guest host in the history of the show happens to be the very first guest we had on the show, so it's incredible. You'll know more about Mr. Jeffrey Gurian by going to his website at jeffreygurian.com. Mr. Gurian, thank you for being with us today. 
it's a great honor, Ryan. <clears throat> it's a great honor for me to know that I was the very first guest on your show and to have the opportunity to interview you because so many people have been wondering about you for a long time and we haven't been able to hear from, from you, so this is so perfect that I get to ask you questions today. Now you'll see what it's like. Yes. Because you've interviewed so many people. Jeez. And now we're going to turn the tables a little bit for your audience. This is where karma comes back and bites me in the ass, so I'm ready for it. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be very positive. Um, you know, I know you for a while, and I know you have a very eclectic background, which is really amazing. But in order to do a show like this, you have to be on a quest for knowledge and truth. And so I want to find out where that started for you. Were you curious as a, as a child when you were growing up? Did you feel like you fit in or were you a little bit different? Because I, I know for myself, I was always on a quest and I never fit into any group. I was, I considered myself a very different kind of person. What were you like? I was very different, but I felt ashamed of being different. I, was, I felt like I had this little pressure to, to fit in. And I think the only person I looked up to, my father, he didn't really have to fit in. He just didn't care what other people thought. And he, was, he always was had this incredible sense of humor. And I love the fact that he just could just be himself. And I, I wanted to be like that. I, I, don't, I, didn't, I kind of wanted to have that way, but I, I couldn't, I didn't feel like I was capable of, you know, being myself and uh, not that again. I, I, was, I was always the outcast. It was strange. I don't know why. I just, I mean, the, my thought process, even when I was a kid, was just natural, but it obviously wasn't what other people the way other people thought. And this curiosity the curiosity was always there. The curiosity was always there. You said, right? I don't know why. And, well, it, always... it's interesting because you were probably given gifts. You know, if you're open to the concept, and I know you're open to all positive concepts, but if you're open to the concept of prior existences, previous lives, then you were probably gifted with knowledge from some previous existence, which, you know, there are some people that, are, that that have gifts. They're like old souls. And those people don't tend to fit into groups, and that's probably who you were. There are leaders, and then there are followers. And, it, you know, as a child, you don't think of yourself that way, but sometimes uh, you feel different, and other people notice that there's a difference. And I happen to know your dad, and he's a great guy, and I could see where you get that from because he is on the same path. He's also on a very spiritual path and on a quest for knowledge and truth. So when did you start to evolve? When did you start to really get into the depths of spirituality well, and, and healing and things like that and energy work? I'm not sure at this point in the show if I've um, – I, I don't know if I've addressed this in the beginning, but I had a massive um, – I would call it a violent – departure from the Catholic religion, Catholic faith. I was just, I committed so much of my time and energy to it. And then when I realized my own truth, that it was all those things that I believed, believed and committed in were not were not true. I, I could no longer believe them. That was a lot, very painful. And I think in the midst of that pain, I was, um, you know, I was seeking. I was like, you know, there's no way. There's no way. And I think that because I was in that pain, I chose to seek and the, the seeking ultimately I think saved my life or actually put me on a very much better path so the curiosity in the wake of the Catholicism not being a part of my life anymore just exploded and I became well, did you start out in Catholic school oh, yeah. Is I that was, where you, oh I was you did so you... I was I'm kind of like I was 
raised Catholic, and then I became, I would call myself born-again Christian. I became real, super religious, especially in my college years. And it was only in my late 20s when I was like, this doesn't work. I couldn't believe it anymore. And I left, and it was very painful. But in the wake of that, not, that thing not being there, I had no more restrictions on what I could accept and not accept. So I became open to all different things, and I chose to live my life in a way that I felt was the antithesis of the Catholic structure. And I felt good because I felt like everything that I was taught to believe as far as the structure and the judgment and, you know, the sinful stuff, I want to be the exact opposite. I want to treat people the exact opposite way. So I think as a direct result of that, that kind of put me on this path where I was going to seek knowledge no matter where it was, no matter where it came from. And I wasn't going to judge anyone for who they are unless they were harming animals or harming children. I'm not going to say I'm the perfect person, but I will not tolerate that. And if I find that the person has harmed a kid or harmed an animal, yeah, I'm going to judge you. So that's why I am right now. But that's such an interesting thing that by rejecting religion, you came to this concept of spirituality, which is something, it's a very important distinction. And I talk about that a lot because some people confuse spirituality with religion. Now, re religion can be wonderful for some people, but what it does is it puts you in a category. And, and other people are automatically outside of that category. So it separates people. It divides people. But what spirituality does is it brings us all together because all it asks is that you believe in a force greater than yourself. You know, we don't make the, the tides go in and out, and we don't make the sun come out and the moon come out and the seasons change. But there are forces that are beyond our comprehension. And when you open your mind to that and you understand that you are not ruling your life, that you're being guided by some higher power who you can choose to call nature or the universe or God, whatever you feel comfortable with, as long as you know that it isn't you. Well, and so spirituality has the power of bringing all people together as opposed to religion, which, as I said, can tend to divide people. So when you decided to give up the, 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 you know, the, the things that you were being taught, which is laden with guilt, from the time you're born, you're already guilty, oh, yeah. right? So the time Without born, even like, doing like, anything. We, we Original Jesus, sin. Like, I'm three years old. How could I be a part of this thing? Right, original feel, sin. You're, you're born. You're born already a sinner. No. So well, it's very difficult for some people to grow up with that kind of guilt, and you hear it all the time that it really affects people. It's scary to a little kid, you know. And so this is what allowed you. This took your life in the direction that it was supposed to go in, which shows that everyone has a path. I don't know if that was if the way it was supposed to go, and it's just the way it happened to be. I mean, I just started like, you know, I'm going to live, but I, I want total freedom in my life. I want to live my life total freedom. And actually, I have to mention something. As far as spirituality goes, I don't believe in that, that, that anything is greater than me. I, I believe that I am consciousness, and all things are consciousness, and I'm a focal point of attraction of consciousness. So I don't believe in a higher power or that I think it collectively is bigger than I am. I believe that I'm just one expression of that collective force. And because I'm an expression of the collective force, there can be nothing greater or lesser than um, the totality of my perception. So that's why well, I like, um, I'm not afraid of God. I'm not afraid of this idea of a, of a higher power judging me. I don't care. And if there is a power that presents itself to want to judge me, I want to look at it right in the eye and tell it where to go. Because I'm not going to be that way. <laughs> I like that. I like that attitude. And once again, you, 
you're supposed to, as a human being, you're supposed to choose what works for you. And so that's really cool that you choose that and you understand it. And I can see you're committed to that thought. And that's great because that's what works for you. And I have never spoken to you or never called you when I, when I haven't said, how are you? And you're like amazing. You're one of the most positive people that I know. And not only do you bring that into your own life, but you spread that to everyone around you because that's contagious. So it doesn't matter what you believe or how you believe, as long as what you believe works for you and it gives you a sense of grounding so that you no longer feel outside from the rest of the world, you know, that you can feel some sort of a connection. Because otherwise, if you feel too disconnected, um, it leaves you feeling empty inside. And you're one person that I know who doesn't feel that way. I've seen you in social circles, and people gravitate to you. Thank you. Just trying to be positive, because everyone's negative all the time. Like, ah, oh, God, yeah, it's such a bad day, and boyfriend problems. Uh, I'm like, just have, have fun. Have a drink. Have exactly. A Enjoy have a, life. Well, yeah. Do whatever you yeah. need to do yeah. to take yourself out of it. You know? Whatever that is that you need to do. So, you know, again, it's very interesting that, that your background started that way, being inculcated in religious school. Because some people never leave that. But you had the strength to do that, and that's what took you on this other path. And I like the idea that, that you have zero regard for sacred cows, what, you know, what other people consider sacred cows. Um, you want to talk about that for Absolutely. a minute? Absolutely. Everyone says this whole thing about um, yeah, there's, there's certain things that are common knowledge that, collectively speaking, people think that uh, cannot be touched. And that's like the, the, anything to do with religion. I mean, I'm not talking about Catholic religion, but all forms of religion. And that you cannot question the, the leaders of the religions or that you cannot question the leaders in government or that there are certain things that are untouchable. And I think all things are untouchable. Anything that presents itself as holier than now should be met with the most intensive scrutiny I have, you could ever imagine. I think that uh, any person that presents themselves to be ruling over you or is holier than now, I assume 100% of the time they are full of shit and do not deserve any respect whatsoever. And that's so interesting because even, you know, the Pope is just a man, Mm -hmm. right? And he's elected into that position by other people. And so, you know, it's interesting when you say that because people look at certain people in the world as really holy people. And it's it's a very odd concept when you know that they're just a regular person, just like you and I and everyone else, right? So how do you process that, like? What sense do you make out of that? One of my greatest teachers, Stuart Wilder, always said that the people who present themselves as holier than now, that are presenting themselves in the light as possible, are usually the ones that are carrying the most darkness. So I look at things where there are some people who maybe they don't want to take on the responsibility or the acceptance of being an individual. Because I think, it, I think there, it is, can be a little scary. When you're part of a group, you can kind of lose yourself in there. You can lose your insecurity. You can lose your past within that group. But when you become an individual, I think there's a responsibility of owning yourself and accepting uh, you know, responsibility for your own faith. And when people look at those people like the Pope or some of these other individuals and they see them as holier than now, I don't know what they're thinking about, but I'm like, you know, you're a human being. They're a human being. What makes them all holier than now? And also, I think that the, the thing with the religions and all things is they talk about being mighty and we have a moral high ground and they've got stuff going on with these scandals, with the pedophilia scandals, 
and they were saying how it's good to be poor and God loves the poor. Meanwhile, they have <laughs> billions of dollars and all these land holdings. They can solve poverty worldwide if they sold 40% of their holdings. So isn't that amazing? That yes, isn't that amazing? Yeah. That, that's a, such a perfect word, hypocrisy, oh, yeah. that they talk about that. Yeah, living in poverty is supposed to be a great thing. God right? loves and, the poor. Why? God should shame the poor. Come on, God, like, come on. Get up together, use the talents you have, and make a ton of money. I just, right, and and then you can help other people as yeah. well. Uh, yeah, if there, if there's <laughs> you know, if the idea is you know, gratitude and service are two very important concepts within this world that we live in. You know, to be grateful for the things that you have, and to do service for your fellow man. You know, if you're poor, you can't really do that. You know, if you if you if you allow yourself to become successful, then you can you can go on to help other people. And I think it was Marianne Williamson who uh, used this. Uh, this is part of a quote that she uses in her book, um, "Return to Love," and it's so meaningful to me. But it ends with this: "And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same." As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Meaning you're allowed to be a superstar, you're allowed to be successful, and when you do that, you're like a bright light and you inspire other people to follow in your footsteps. Because the concept is that if you can, if you can do something, other people can do it as well. And so, everything that you're saying makes so much sense, you know, like fear holds us back, there's no, there's no greatness in, in seeking poverty. It's okay to be successful. There's an abundance in the universe, and there's no reason why we can't all share in it. So how did you get the idea for this show, Ryan? Because this show that you do, Outer Limits of Inner Truth, first of all, it's a great title. Thank you. How long did it take you to come up with the title? It just came. Sorry. Really? You just had this feeling? Yep. I, I had the feeling. I've been, thinking, I've been thinking about it for a while, and I also... I loved uh, talking with you before because we, we, we've known you for a long time. We'd have conversations about comedy and other things. And I, I always wanted to be to, to have a platform to talk to interesting people. And it just – the the concept for the show, just it just came. It was just – one day it was just there. And I'm one of those people where if I have an intuitive feeling, I just go with it. I don't know where it's going, but I, I feel that it's coming. So I try to make myself as open and accepting of all different things. Now, if the voices in my head tell me to do something else that's not good, I'm like, listen, voices in my head, I'm not doing that. I only want to do something that's positive because sometimes they want me to go and have an extra four or five slices of pizza, and sometimes they win. <laughs> Every once in a while. We're all just human. That's uh, all. We're not perfect, that's, and that's an important thing to bring out too. Nobody's perfect. We're just working towards that. We know, you know we're working to incorporate certain principles into our lives. And the fact that, that you have this idea, plenty of people have ideas, but they don't bring them to fruition. You actually did it. You had the idea that you wanted to do a radio show, you wanted to talk to interesting people in this world of spirituality and energy and healing, and you made it happen. And that's the important thing. As I said, so many people sit around, they have ideas, and they never do anything with it because fear stops them. Fear of failure and fear of success are so close to each other that sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. And you created this show 
How long has it been on now? It's been on its fourth year, and nothing. It's its fourth. We're in our fourth year right now. And Jeffrey, another thing about the show is that I heard, every time I listen to a show about um, a lot of shows, I listen to about metaphysics, spirituality. It's always a very serious tone to it, and I feel like there are a lot of shows that are very new agey that are all kind of like. Oh, everything's wonderful. There's no such thing as darkness. We're all special, and it's it's all wound up. And I did not want to do anything like that. I want to incorporate the humor, not taking ourselves seriously, and just be open to all different things. And again, every single opportunity, if there's an, if there's something that people believe, it's to be sacred. It needs to be brought down. And I'm willing to look even inside myself. If there's something inside me that is uh, willing to be looked at and examined and tossed out the window, I'm willing to do that too. And well, I want to be a challenge for everyone listening to, to explore yourself to your highest degree, deepest degree. You know, something that's the essence, not to, not to talk about my own book, but that's what I write about, is about learning, examining your thoughts to see which thoughts you're holding are not valid and opening your mind to learning new things, to to accepting the fact that some of your thoughts may not be working for you. They may not be correct. And there are other thoughts that you can replace them with, but you need to be open in order to do that. And you are. Just the fact that, that you've been doing this for four years. Who are some of the of the guests that you've had? Because you have people on in, in, in all areas uh, talking about consciousness, spirituality, magic, like all kinds of things, you know? Uh, can you think of any people, you know, metaphysical leaders have come on the show, and have you found that that that, uh, that taught you personally a lot? Yes, every show is a, is a lesson. And I, was so, I was so honored to have you as the very first guest, because I felt that you were like the the ideal person I wanted to interview on the show, somebody who's completely out there. I, I would consider you, uh, you know, a fringe dweller of the highest degree, somebody who's just, you created your own character, your own persona, you're, you're, you, you are your own person, and you're successful at it. So I like to interview people who just, all teachers, great teachers. One of the greatest shows I think we had also was interviewing Dr. Ron Paul. This is somebody who's a hero. He was somebody who I had the highest regards for, and after, I think, four or five years, he came on the show, and it was, it was surreal. It was an honor, and we've had other people that have made their very first appearance on our show. I think we've had at least four to six people who make their very first interview on our show. And I just love it. I feel that every show is another teacher offering another insight or helping another person to find something within themselves to empower themselves. That's the magic of radio because you never know who's listening. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people can listen to it at any hour they want is wonderful. So different than TV. On TV, you don't really have the time to express yourself. On the radio, you can really delve into things and put information out there that people need to hear, you know. And I'm just very impressed with you that you were able to bring this to fruition. I think it's a very important show. It was one of my greatest honors that I that I was your very first guest, and I've been on since. We always talk about interesting things, and uh, and I think it's fantastic. It's an inspiration to people. You discover people too. You give people a platform, which is wonderful. You, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's super well-known, but you give people the opportunity to bring their light to the surface. And I'm fascinated by the uh, the graphics on the front of the page. Can you describe what that is? Yes, the symbol. There's a heart shape. There's like <laughs> those symbols are very powerful. Did sure. you 
come up with that? Because I, I think the readers would like, to, uh, the listeners would like to know. Yes, the symbol it came when I was putting the show together. I knew I always knew it had to have a distinctive brand, a distinctive symbol. One of the part things I wanted to incorporate was infinite love, and that's what you have the heart shaped on it. So it's it's, it's a heart with the infinity symbol on it. And above that is a symbol called the Tolomac symbol, which is backwards spelling for Camelot, which is bliss. And that was actually a symbol that Stuart Wilde, my great, uh, great teacher, used to incorporate into his teachings. The circles around and the points of light, they are all uh, different points that are supposed to mean something within uh, the individual. The whole symbol itself is a doorway. It is a, it is a symbol or a doorway that opens the door of freedom within another person. So that, that, that symbol you see in all the shows and all the backgrounds, that is the doorway to within your heart, within your soul, to your highest peak, to your highest um, aspect, part of freedom. And that's why I keep it in there. I think the symbol itself has a uh, energy, a frequency. I don't know how it came. Again, it's one of those things where it was like an intuitive feeling. I was putting things mm-hmm. together. I'm like, well, that will do, that will do. And then the meetings came afterwards. I just visually grabbed it first. And the meetings were almost instantaneously there. I have to say, there was it came effortlessly to put that together. Well, it's a very powerful symbol, and it's a perfect way to end this part of the show because it is a doorway. It looks like a door. It's very welcoming. It's a doorway to higher knowledge. It's a doorway to changing your life, to changing your path in life, especially for people who are listening that feel like they're meant to do something else. Um, this show gives them the courage to actually go out and try it. The worst that can happen is that you're supposed to do something else. That's all. There's no such thing as failure. The only failure is not trying to do it. You know. Wow. That's why I myself, I push myself to do everything that I fear, everything I find uncomfortable. I must do it. I must do it. I must pursue it. And that's exactly what you do. And so this has been a wonderful yeah. thing. Is there, is there anything that you'd like to add? Uh, no, Jeffrey, I think you nailed it. And I, want to, I want to thank you so much, Mr. Jeffrey Gurian, best-selling author, energy healer, comedy, comedy writer, author of a phenomenal new book. And if you go on our outerlimitsradio.com, you can see the uh, last interview we did with Mr. Gurian. He was on our show and, recently. And I, can I mention the name of the book? Absolutely. It's called Healing Your Heart by Changing Your Mind, A Spiritual and Humorous Approach to Achieving <laughs> Happiness. Mr. Je- and also, we can learn more about Jeffrey Gurian by going to his website at jeffreygurian.com. Mr. Gurian is a great honor. Uh, the very first guest host in the history of the show, so thank you. The honor is all mine, Ryan. Thank you so much thank for you. having me on and for doing the interview with me. I really appreciate it. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. It was a great honor to be your featured guest for today. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Lisa Casa, and Miss Constance Tellis. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. So the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening.